I got 75 with you, 80. 75, 70, 80. 80, 80, 80. That's close. The market reaction, the market recap, the market look ahead, the tote board watcher's delight is my favorite. Steve Fezzik is back. Fez, the uh, I just heard and I was looking at some of them. I asked the audience when I did my solo last week, which was not near as good. At least the detractors, I thought it might have been better. No, no, no. It wasn't even close to as good. But I, you know, mentioned that, you know, you were going through a tough week and said, hey, if you want to jump up and say hi to Fez on Twitter, it might cheer him up. And from what I could see, a lot of people did. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. I want to thank everyone. Um, my mom did pass last week, and it was um, very nice to see so many people coming and giving me well wishes, knowing I was going through, you know, personal issues without knowing the, the specific details. And so, thank you to everyone that conveyed well wishes to me. I very much appreciate it, and um, really helped me get through it. Yeah, well, you know, to me, one of the things that keeps me doing the pods that, that that has really been a surprise from what I might have thought, you know, what, almost 10 years ago, is the connection that people feel and that and whenever we get a chance to hear it, you know, from them, if they come into the studio and get to watch a taping. And by the way, if you're in Vegas visiting and you have the gumption, you know, we're about, what, four miles or so off the strip east and uh, right on the Henderson-Vegas border up Sunset uh, Road. And if you wanted to come up and watch a taping, that's always been welcome. You know, just email in and, you know, try to give us a couple days head start. And uh, as we've had that, I mean, that's how you met uh, the, the Mr. Wine. For, formerly Napa Mike, yeah, now, yeah. now Arizona Mike. And, you know, and I'm, I'm proud to say he's, you know, he's, he's a great nice guy. guy yeah, yeah. Nice guy. And we've become friends. You know, well, we sure. I mean, and it's funny because some people come in and there's a little, you know, there's a it's like anything else is if someone is you're listening to them there. I, I can think of people I listen to on local radio before I met them that there is this power to that microphone and I just enjoy hearing it because in a weird way, if you're not doing live radio, taking callers, you don't get it. And we're not the type to like be doing a live stream and, and watching Twitter comments as we're doing the show. To me, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it does seem to distract people on, on the mm -hmm. mic a lot. So it's like they're waiting and reading, but they're silence for us. I personally, when someone comes in, that immediate feedback is interesting. And, you know, by definition, they're going to be bigger fans, but the amount of passion that they have when they say things like there was this illness and someone had or they had and it helped them get through on walks. We had that meant more than a few times all the way to, you know, people that are talking about how you help them grow from uh, losing batters to winning better. It, it, it's really, a, um, it's gratifying for us. And, and the fact that you guys had a chance to, you know, give Fez a little boost, I thank you for that. And if you're interested to come in and, uh, you know, Mackenzie, no one's ever said, Mackenzie, you're our favorite. So maybe one day that's going to happen. So if there's any Mackenzie lovers out there, maybe we'll entice them to come in. Mm. He said he'll buy you a big, I he said, did you say, Mackenzie, a Klondike, one of those nice Klondikes? I said a taco, uh, ice, ice cream taco. 
That sounds good. You know, I got good news also. I have beaten anorexia. <laughs> well, we don't want to joke about that. That can be a serious illness, but 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 so how much so what was your low point away? 187. All right. Now so you're 184 now? 198. Holy combo. But a lot of that was water weight. Now are you gonna make a try to keep it below too? So I I made another bet. You're gonna like this bet. Uh, about weight loss? Yes. You're like insane. this way better. You are a glutton for punishment. So I just bet that on May 11th, one date snapshot, that I would be back at 190. Just for one day. Someone bet you? Yeah. Who bet you? Todd. But I bet him that he would be at 205. Same thing. Okay, that's and we're just so you two. You two can't. This is like um, this is this this is like Raging Bull, right? Sugar Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta. We basically don't trust. We we recognize that each other. We are not going to get it done without some incentive. So we need some incentive. So what's the bet? The bet is that if um, we if we both reach our target goal on May 11th, uh-huh. snapshot, it's a push. Oh, if okay. only one of us gets there, then there's a winner. And how much? Fifteen hundred. Well, that's an interesting number. I could see a thousand. I could see two. How'd you come to fifteen hundred? We negotiated the two hundred five and the two ten and ah, the two hundred for his weight. We should have recorded that. And the and the equilibrium point was two hundred five. He was crying about he's got like twenty one extra pounds of skin because he used to weigh five hundred pounds. And it seems like something like it seems that. Seems like in a way he was somehow like a mature Manchurian candidate. You know how they go in like in theory. He was like on a robot almost, and now he's whining. It, it seems like that that. One day he might look back and say, you know, my best days was on that weight loss bet. It's altogether possible. He was looking gaunt, but I will say this. The day after we, we, we called it a push, he consumed 6,200 calories one day and documented it. Well, Mackenzie calls out a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> 9.99. I tell you, Mackie, no one could eat like Mackie, friend of the friend of, of pregames. Yeah. Uh, well. Shout out to Mackie, who would you know when you had two, one, he did it one time when you had two dinners in front of everybody. The first time we've all gone <laughs> out for a company dinner, that means you probably are having some some feasts on your own too. No, no, no. See, you you don't remember what happened was this was a dude who was this, the. He he prided himself to be a great salesman, right? He was always shaking hands. He was like a politician, away looking in the eye, always dressed, you know, nice. And he always did everything that would be like a salesman. But one time we went out to dinner with like eight, ten of us. Some guys were in from out of town. And he says, uh, you know, everyone's ordering. And he says, uh, give me the um, chicken dinner, whatever it was. He goes, make that too. They say two. They say, yeah, two dinners. And then he goes, here's what you missed. He goes, and take, make one to go. <laughs> that was the key. Yeah. He, had, he was having dinner for tonight and dinner for tomorrow. Ah, I did miss that. Now, that. now that I think about it, he was gone within the month. So maybe there was a connection. He figures, hey, well, you know, like <laughs> a friend of mine, Mark, who I uh, was a roommate with, my oh, he was on my floor in in uh, Park Eighth floor at Ohio State Park Hall. Um, well, there's elevators. Whew, the weight. But here's <laughs> here's the thing. He was he's a frugal guy. We'll call it mm-hmm. maybe cheap is the right word. He had when we were moving because he came to Vegas for a while. He was here like for ten years, and then he went back because he does customer service for us now, is he's not a tipper. I mean, he will tip if they do excellent service, maybe 10%. Average service, 5%. 
And below average servers, 0.0%. And he'll even reach into the tip jar and maybe take a buck no, if it's terrible. No, yeah, because no, he's a big fellow, so that would have been obvious. Mm. But here's the thing. When we were going to move, he goes, that's good. He goes, I'll go on a last tip, or he goes, a no-tip tour. Yeah. Because his thinking is, I'm not going to see these places sure. ever again. He wasn't thinking of the poor people working. Nope. No, it was like, I can get away from this and it won't affect my eating. I can get away with not paying anything for the tip and it won't affect my eating. You know, I actually can relate somewhat. Oh, jeez. Because when a blackjack dealer gives me terrible service, I'm happy because then I don't have to tip them. But what is service with blackjack? Is it how fa To me, the only service that matters is how quick he can get through the hands. Uh, certainly speed is great, but, um, are, you are you like going some crazy, like, um, when you're superstitious and somehow he's giving you the best card? Like, oh, he gave me an ace. Oh, he's great. No, like I'll double down ace eight against a five on a plus count. And then the dealer will glare, will, will, will say, ah, oh, it's a wrong play. You know, after Which I you lose, should, you should appreciate that. No, I, I'm like, I'm like, shut the F up. And but that doesn't seem very smart because the whole camouflage idea. Ah, uh, you're, that's a good point. So maybe I should that, be, that's good he, that he's he, broadcasting Maybe it. if you said, really? You really think that's bad? He goes, explain it to me. If you said that, now he's going to be talking loud and the pit boss hears that's, it. That's a good point. Whenever they hype the sucker, Betsy, like, like, like I get a pair of 10s and they're oh, like, like, oh, that would have paid that would have uh, paid uh, 10 to 1. Yeah. Oh, the lucky 13 bet would have won. That won. One, then I'm like, screw you. They just, they're, they're, they're just trying to like take advantage yeah, of the customer. That one's taking time, right? Yeah, it's but, slowing the game down. Yeah, but I would keep like asking if you, it seems like if you ask questions for him to explain it, that would be the best camouflage in the world. Yeah, but it slows, it's, it slows things well, down. Well, I guess when they're dealing, I don't know. And right. they add my cards up. They're like 13. 15, I'm like, I'm like, no one plays faster than I do. I'm, I'm like a, a speed chess lightning blackjack player, and they're adding well, my maybe, cards. But maybe, maybe, maybe you got kind of a OP look, and they think you're, you know, off the bus. Well, I do appear drunk. <laughs> so they, they're trying Fair to enough. help you count. Yes. Maybe if you didn't do things so fast, they they wouldn't spot you as a, as an advantage player as quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So here's true. the thing: not to keep anyone waiting, like a blackjack dealer, Fez won't tip. We're gonna get <laughs> right into it. Fez has already done most of these games. I'll be back bookended here, and remember. After that, or I guess the order is at your discretion. We tape this Monday night, comes out Tuesday. We will have the recap show, which I am a full participant in. Thus, it's better. No, wait. Maybe not. <laughs> Let's hear Faz solo. Thursday night football, the Packers host the Titans. Look ahead in this game was Packers minus one. World Open after a Packers win was Packers minus one and a half. We're now up to Packers Minus three hosting the Titans on Thursday. What do you think? So very interesting game. Let's start with my power ratings. I have Tennessee the better team right now, which means it's an auto take to take the Titans plus three. But I see all kinds of support for Green Bay. People feeling they've turned the corner after that impressive win against Dallas. Further, the markets typically embrace the home team on Thursday and you could argue Green Bay has the best home field advantage of all the teams. So because of that, I think this is going to stay right at three. But, you know, with me having Tennessee the better team, if you had to make a bet, I cannot see this line getting to three and a half. And it certainly you're, there could be support for the Titans. So if you like the Titans, um, I don't think you're going to do better. If you like the Packers, there's no hurry whatsoever here. Um, it's possible this line, I think, could go back down to two and a half. Um, but like I said, there's there's there was a great deal of support early in the week here all over the Packers to lock in the minus two and minus two and a half. 
The Baltimore Ravens coming off the bye are hosting the Panthers. Look ahead in this game was minus 13. Opened about minus 13. Now we're looking at Ravens minus 12, minus 11 and a half hosting the Panthers. I'm never sure who has the edge with the one team as a mini buy and one team as the full buy. So Carolina obviously played on Thursday night and Baltimore has the two full weeks. I tell you this, a major influencer in the market did release Baltimore at minus 11 and a half today. That line's currently sitting at 12, a couple 12 and a halves out there, but not a big move and certainly an absolute dead number on 12. So when a big influencer uh, goes ahead and gives out a game that doesn't move much, oftentimes that means maybe they don't necessarily have the right side, and probably it also means that this market has peaked. I would expect it would probably leak downward, especially after I, – I believe the Monday night football game sometimes has an impact on the market, and the feeling is, God – Recent favorites, double-digit favorites, have right. done very well in the NFL. But look no further. I mean, the Eagles are great. Washington's not very good. And here Washington's leading the Eagles in the fourth quarter. I think a lot of um, betters are going to look at the double-digit spreads and say, and it's been a year of upsets, frankly, and, like, there's no way I'm laying double digits, not even with um, uh, not even with A.J. Hoffman's money. So I think <laughs> it probably, we'll probably see some money come back a little bit on Carolina. Yeah, that Monday game kind of sets the tone, it seems like. I wonder if this line is peaked here. The Bills hosting the Browns coming off the bye. Look ahead in this game was Bills minus seven. Of course, there's a lot of Josh Allen uncertainty. It opened up Bills minus eight and a half. Early Monday, it was nine. We're now looking at nine and a halves and tens out there. Bills hosting the Browns. What do you think? So th- this is difficult for the books. I see this going back and forth between nine and a half and ten all week long. And here's why. Well, we just saw Cleveland get boat raced. Basically, do you think that was a dream crusher, getting killed by Miami last week? I do. They pretty much have to run the table. It seems hard. Yes, I agree, especially with you know teams within their division, for the most part, doing well, um, or certainly at expectation, Baltimore and Cincinnati. Further, I think the bookmakers, this is the sort of game, they as soon as they go to nine, they're going to get crushed with teasers, uh, six-and-a-half-point teasers, and even at nine-and-a-half, they're going to get hit with teasers on Buffalo. The Sunday night football game, I might argue, is going to have an impact on this line because San Francisco didn't cover, but they covered their teaser, and they closed as a seven-and-a-half to eight-point favorite. And I could see... People are a little bit down on teasing eight-point favorites, eight-and-a-half, nine-point favorites this year, but they all got there last week. So I can see there being more support for the teaser on the Bills. Ultimately, the books are going to see that teaser liability. That might help push this up to 10 and get off the nine-and-a-half. I go back to I I personally have not laid seven-and-a-half, eight, eight-and-a-half, nine, or nine-and-a-half on any bet that I can remember making in the NFL in recent years because I just – prefer the teaser. The math is so strong on that. So I would emphasize, I never understand on a line like this how this line does indeed get to 10. Who is laying nine instead of teasing down to two and a half? That is the better bet, although certainly both have been bad bets in a lot of these games this year. The Colts hosting the Eagles. We're going to skip that game. We'll see how the Monday night turmoil shakes things out. Moving on here, the Texans also hosting the Commanders. We're going to skip that game as well. Monday night turmoil rattles on. These two teams are off a bye. The Patriots hosting the Jets. Look ahead in this line was Patriots hosting the Jets minus four. 
We're now looking at minus three, minus 20, Patriots hosting the Jets. What do you think? Yeah, and the world opener was three and a half on this game? Yes, it was. So this is interesting because these teams just played recently. And correct me if I'm wrong, The maybe you can look it up if you don't recall. I believe the Patriots were laying three at the Jets, correct? I have it as Patriots closing at three, yes. All right, so the Patriots were, close, were laying three at New York. Have things really changed that much? I know the Jets got a nice upset win, so maybe they have. Maybe the Jets are playing much better. Um, but my goodness, you got a change in venues, and now the Patriots are still laying three, and the Patriots covered that game. So from that perspective, New England is cheap. Uh, the narrative being Belichick absolutely hates the Jets and pounds them, and he's won 13 straight games or whatever it is against them. Um, but yet the money came in on the Jets. My power ratings make it one and a half. On a neutral, that means three with the home field. But I got to tell you, with the mismatch advantage to the Patriots, I think that money can only come on Patriots. I will say this. When you have two fairly equal teams and the road team wins, I like to back the road team in the second meeting to get the revenge. I don't think that applies to these JETS Jets against the Patriots. So I, I have no real interest in this game. If I had to forecast, though, I think money would come on the Pats at the three currently. Another trend that would back that money that we've talked about is Belichick versus the first and second year quarterback. Over 100 games, 65% ATS. It seems like all of those are against the the Zach Wilsons and Sam Darnolds and Jets quarterbacks. It seems like. And I'm sure the margin's got to be really good in those games also. Yes. Absolutely. 80% straight up. The Saints hosting the Rams. A little bit of a line move here. You can explain it. I, well, I like it. We skipped the Lions-Giants, right? Because the, <laughs> the Lions, actually, both these teams got victories last week. We probably should talk about that game, right? My bad, my bad, my bad. The look ahead was minus four. Giants hosting the Lions. Opened, world open at three. We're now looking at around minus three, minus 120. Giants hosting the Lions. Yeah, so money coming in on the Giants. You know, this is interesting because in a vacuum, if you hadn't looked at this line, what would you have made this? What would you have expected? Minus six. Exactly. The Giants, they're seven and two. Right. They're good. And the Lions, okay, they beat the Bears by one, but they didn't win the stats and missed extra point for the Bears. Bears um, basically were up 14 on the Lions. The Lions are a bad road team. Um, this really shows how little support there is for the New York Giants because I've been staying, saying it all year long. The Giants are overrated. I'm not on an island here. Everyone knows the market is saying that these teams are are not that far apart. Uh, but yeah, I, who's home here? What's going on? Yeah, the, I mean, I have the Giants three points better. I have them a below-average team. I've got Detroit a well-below-average team. So three and a neutral means it's four Giants being home. I um, If you can find the minus three, minus 20, I think this line has to go higher. I could only look to support the Giants in this game that should have success running the ball. Looks like DraftKings has that up right now. Although someone probably gobbled it up by the time you hear this recording. Saints hosting the Rams. Look ahead in this game was the Rams favorite on the road plus one. Now the Rams are three-point underdogs. Let me talk about the World Open. Saints minus two. Now it's Saints minus three. What's going on with this line here? All right. Well, Cooper Cup is probably the biggest non-quarterback in terms of the impact he has on the line. I would go all the way to him being worth two points. The reason being is that the Rams, um, they just have nothing at wide receiver without him. And, and by the way, we saw the Chargers and how impacted they are when they don't have any wide receivers. And even with Herbert, they couldn't throw at all. Um, this was on their game when they were playing San Francisco on Sunday night. So 
I could certainly see why people are wanting to bet against the Rams. However, the Saints have been completely struggling. That Pittsburgh loss was no aberration. Saints did not play well. Um, as far as my power ratings, I don't have these two teams that far apart. I mean, I know that um, we had a concussed quarterback um, for the Rams last week, but that means he probably should come back and be okay um, with, with Stafford. With the, the Saints being a half a point better, I guess if we give them two and a half for home field, we can get to three, but we can't get past three. So um, is it currently three and a half, McKenzie? Yes, there's three and a halfs out there and minus three, minus 20. It's right I, in between them. I got to feel it comes back down to three. I think that the Rams plus three and a half, I'm not going to make a ringing um, uh, endorsement to go ahead and play that game, but um, that would be the direction that I would expect that we would see. We got another split line here. The Falcons hosting the Bears. Look ahead open was Falcons minus four, moved to minus three and a half during the look ahead open. Then world open was Falcons minus three. Now currently recording late Monday between minus three, minus 2.75. What's going on here, Fez? So you've got two pretty close to equal teams. I think that there are some big betting syndicates that love the Bears. We saw it last week. They laid the two on the Bears. It went up to three. They didn't get there. But um, I think the feeling is that Fields is absolutely just Superman out there, although he's still going to make his mistakes. Final play of the game we saw it took three Lions to sack the dude. Um, the Bears' defense, of course, is horrible, but Atlanta doesn't have the same offense, and their defense is no great shakes either. So I see support for the Bears here. I get it. On the look at line, you could have had four. And there was even some four nabs, and there was tremendous support there to bet Chicago. Why bet Chicago plus three when you could add plus four? Because now um, Atlanta didn't play well on Thursday night, and I think this game's going to close two and a half. I'm going to put out a recommendation. If you want to bet this game, take Chicago plus the three. I think you can get a reduced VIG at this point. It's pretty much a flat three. I think there'll be support, as there seems to be every week, for the Chicago Bears. It seems like every week somebody else is running over the Falcons, whether it be the Chargers or the Browns. It seems like they got no run defense, a good matchup for the Bears, perhaps. Well, those you know, those quality teams, Chargers, Browns, Carolina, you can't expect to play a <laughs> schedule like that and have a great deal yeah, of success. Yeah, you can't be staunch each and every single week. Right. All right, Broncos hosting the Raiders here. The look ahead in this game was Broncos minus one and a half. The World Open was close to Broncos minus three. Touched minus three early Monday. Now we're looking at in between Broncos minus 2.75. Right. I'm going to put out an emergency betting alert if you do bet this game. I think you got to bet Denver. The uh, Denver's the better team in my power ratings. I'm not on an island there. I think everyone's going to agree now. Uh, the Raiders, certainly the injuries have stacked up, but now there's inner turmoil amongst this team. Carr calling out other players. Um, and the bottom line is, remember, if we go back in time to week four, this was the circle the wagons game for the Raiders to save their season. Well, they saved it once. They got the win in the Death Star against Denver. Now it's a circle the wagons for Denver to at least to save their season for one more week. I expect Denver is going to come out uh, clicking here, and uh, I think there'll be a ton of support. By the time you're listening to this, it probably has already moved to three. If it hasn't, it will Ten minutes after you get done listening to this podcast, bet Denver if you like them at minus two and a half. Very interesting line here. The Vikings are home underdogs versus the Cowboys. I ran this little query. A team that's eight and one and better, and it's a home underdog. It's only happened three times in NFL history. This will be the third time. Anyway, look ahead line was pick'em. 
World Open was Cowboys minus two at Minnesota. We're now looking at minus one and a half. Cowboys favored at the Minnesota Vikings. So I'll put out an emergency teasing alert that uh, I talked about. I don't think there's any hurry if you're looking to tease Kansas City. Well, maybe there is if you're going to tease them with the Vikings. I'm not so sure the right team's favored here. I do have the Cowboys three points better, but I have the Vikings. I'm on an island. I've got them way lower than everyone else. And because of that, and there's a lot of talk about Dak Prescott can't be trusted late in the game and the like, and all the Vikings seem to do every year is play close games. Yeah, they lost them last year. They lost them under Zimmer the last two years. They've been winning them this year. But if it's a close game, they're going to cover the plus 7.5 teaser. Um, I would certainly look to tease the Vikings. This could be a game. It would not shock me. I think the money will continue to come in for the Vikings. And I could see somewhere the Steelers last week, I could see the Vikings going off as a one-point favorite uh, potentially. So uh, certainly, if you're looking to play the Vikings, I would look right now to grab the plus one half and grab the teaser, either a plus seven half or even a plus eight and a half. We talked about, used to be I'd just play all the one halves to seven halves and teasers, six points. That eight has become more and more prevalent in the NFL with teams going for two down 14 when they score a touchdown to cut the lead to eight. So uh, might want to go ahead and play some teasers on the Vikings, who, frankly, I thought, despite playing a bad first half against Buffalo, really played well in the second half. And what was most impressive is obviously their offense shredded that Buffalo defense in the second half. So it wasn't just people were talking about, oh, Josh Allen played a bad game. Well, Josh Allen, I think his offense put up 450 yards. So I, I, how bad could it really have been? And what a difference in narratives. By the way, I put out one of the worst um, time tweets of all time, Mackenzie. Tell me about it. End of the game, the Vikings run a sneak and they can't get six inches, so they should have lost. And then I tweet, why is it when a team is six inches from a touchdown, they seem to fail on that fourth down play, I would say at least a third of the time. Would you agree Yeah, that, that they fail? I like that. But yet when you flip it over and you give the ball and the game's over, there's like they're just running out the clock, you give the other team the ball on the six-inch line, why is it that the other team on offense always winds up picking up a yard? The defense never stuffs them and gets the safety ever. Um, and I, I get it. You could say, well, there's Fez. you got to protect 100 yards of the field. Well, you don't have to protect 100 yards in that circumstance situation because you know it has to be – um, either you know, just a um, a line plunge or a quarterback sneak, and of course that's what happened. And I my tweet was ill timed because in the first time that I can ever remember, <laughs> the defense actually looked like they were 99 yards down the field and on the one yard line where that play always loses a yard when the teams try to run it and the defense knows it's coming. I know that um, Josh Allen bobbled the snap. I'm not sure he gets out of the end zone even if he fields it cleanly. He probably is strong enough. Um, you know, I will say it used to be that you'd ha- you'd have the guys try to block, and I like the new plan. Instead of trying to block, have your guys push. So step into the quarterback and get your fullback to just push him forward so he can get to the half-foot line, right? That, and you're seeing that more and more on the goal line. It's funny because it's all the right moves. There's a whole movie where this happened, but you're right. It's incredibly rare. That's why it was such a cinematic moment, both in the movie and on Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, but in all Go the ahead. right moves, they 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 called a um, a Larry Zonka run instead of taking <laughs> instead of taking a knee. Right, they had the ball in like their own six, or no, it was like their own two. Right. Yeah, it was their own two, and they and they couldn't avoid a safety, and they couldn't win the game. By the way, Tom Cruise <laughs> does ahead. not make bad movies. 
I, I can't know, think. Right? I can't think of from risky business to Mission Impossible to um, Jack Reacher. Uh, I mean, all his all of his movies are. Minority fake. Report was good. Minority Report was good. He was. Um, like, like, they had the dude from Beverly Hills 90210, you know, it's like, like you don't have to run. And he's like, everybody runs. <laughs> everybody Classic runs. Classic cinema right there. Um, but but um, there's something about Cruz and that, that, that he, Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito, I, I, I don't think th- those guys have ever made a bad movie their entire careers. That's why they call it money. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Look ahead line this game was Steelers catching six. World Open, Steelers were plus four and a half home underdogs. Now it's five. Steelers, home underdogs to the Bengals. I will predict it peaks at five, and I will predict that there is no way that we're not going to see Steeler money. Uh, Chase still out for the Bengals. You've got two teams. Remember, this is the uh, rematch from week one. Now, I sure wish, if I was going to bet Pittsburgh, which I still will, I really wish that um, Pittsburgh had lost week one against the Bengals. But the bottom line is that's the game that the Bengals dominated the stats, but Pittsburgh did get the win. One thing, what's the book on the Bengals? If you can rush the passer, Burrow has trouble, and the Bengals' offense doesn't click. Well, with T.J. Watt back, I think Pittsburgh will be able to go ahead and rush him. And in a division rivalry game with Pittsburgh suddenly – Never having had a losing year. If they lose this game, they're going to have a losing year. This is an all-in, save-the-season opportunity. They got there uh, against the Saints. Now they're going to play Renegade again in the fourth quarter and fire up the crowd. Someone's going to win this game by one, which I believe, one second. Yes, Pittsburgh will cover if that's the (laughs) case. Mm -hmm. Monday Night Football concludes Washington 32 Eagles, 21. I got a comment on this. So the differential in the game was 11. This seems to happen all the time. And what do I mean by all the time? The game lands on the number. If a team's favored by six, there's a winner by six. Team's favored by 10, there's a winner by 10. Team's favored in this case by exactly 11. That was the prevalent (laughs) number. But there were some rogue 10 avs and some rogue 11 avs. And if I would have told you this game was going to land 11, you'd be like, everybody wins that shops except for the wrong team won by 11. Washington with an Ohio State Northwestern moment to end the game. Two laterals. Ball goes down the goal line. The football team gets the touchdown. No time for the extra point. They win by exactly 11. I got to tell you, as a guy that was betting the Eagles all year long on games of the year, at minus, I'm not making this up, minus two and a half, minus three, minus four, and minus five. It's kind of disgusting when you see a game <laughs> land on the number like this when I bet plus 11 and a half right at post and plus 11 and plus 10 and a half plus money. Yeah, those won. But um, couldn't it have just flipped around and had the Eagles win by 11? It just goes to show um, there's no guarantee in sports betting and always bet within your bankroll. Imagine if I told you you had Washington, you had Philly minus three. How much would you have bet on Philly minus three on this game, Mackenzie? The excuse me, previously undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Honestly, if someone gave me that opportunity, I'd probably bet like fifteen thousand on it. Now that's it. That's interesting. I mean, I got I I don't have children to feed, but I might one day. You know, I got to keep a little baseline here. All the more, you know, you know, I want to address that. So let's assume that you're actively 
employed and you're an average U.S. wage earner, I don't even know what the average U.S. wage earner earns. I'm going to put an over under at 55000 Can you look that up on the internet, Mackenzie? That might be the average household. No way the average wage earner makes that Shows much. my, like, proletariat, like, Republican, like, like, um, upbringing that I, I threw that as as the average. Maybe maybe so. Maybe that's the average house. So why don't you look that up? My point is, let's assume that you have a minor credit card debt, and as far as making ends meet, if you lose the bet, now you got to pay credit card interest at, at we'll, we'll call it twelve percent. How much should you bet on something that's like a seventy five percent bet? Hmm. The problem that I'm going to get is that doing it one time for twenty thousand is a okay. Right, because then, yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but eventually you're gonna pay that off. But um, if you start losing two or three in a row, then you got to file for bankruptcy. <laughs> so, um, if- by, by the way, you were wrong. I was right. Average wage is fifty four thousand one hundred thirty two in the second quarter of twenty twenty two. I think a part of that is that so many people live in there aren't that many people that live in Idaho, or Idaho is expensive. Um, <laughs> let me say Oklahoma. There aren't that many people that live in West Virginia. You get where I'm going here. Or Vermont, well, Vermont's expensive also. But like the flyover states, Iowa, not that many people, not that many people in Kansas. And there's a whole lot of people living in California and that are living in New York. And I go back to when I was vacationing during the summer in Moab, Utah, and I saw that there was an advertisement, I forget which fast food place, maybe Arby's, $15 an hour. To be working in Moab, Utah, not a high cost of living area. Um, if I do 15 per hour and I work, you know, 20, a little 2,000 hours, that right there is a little over 30,000. That's that's sling, slinging roast beef at Arby's without uh, any overtime or anything else. Yeah, I got to move to some of these flyover states. 54,000 goes a long way in Tulsa, Oklahoma, looking at some of these prices. Exactly right. So, um, you know, lesson to be learned. I know, you know, it's interesting because I know that the favorites have done very well, the double-digit favorites in the NFL. And in the last five years, if you blindly bet them, you're profitable. But it sure seems like they are struggling mightily just to win these games. Ask, Go ahead and ask the Circus Survivor people because I know there are approximately 10 people that were on these Eagles that probably have saved the Eagles for the very best time to, to go ahead mm. and invest in them. How ridiculous is that, that everyone else gets to advance with picks like, oh, Miami, minus three and a half, although it certainly was the right side, the Giants, minus five, and here you're sitting fat with the Eagles, and then you don't even make it to Thanksgiving, um, and you probably have saved Buffalo as well, and you're just feeling like, what did I do to deserve this, right? Ten-point favorites last five years entering tonight. 58% 58% ATS, 108 and 79. Well, now it's 108 and 80. And by 10 point favorites, you mean 10 or or greater. Exactly, right? exactly. Not for long league, the NFL. So let's slow down. That that's a great trend since since 2016. Road or favorite doesn't matter. Yep. If you just laid the the lumber, is what what percentage is that? 58. percent 58 percent. And you get nothing tonight. <laughs> you get nothing on the Eagles. Nothing on the money line. Um, I will say this, the Monday night football, I, I've had a spirited discussion with the hitman over this. We, the hitman I love, um, I embrace him. He stayed, by the way, he stayed thinner than I, anyone who didn't follow this. I had a weight loss bet, bet with Todd Wishnev that, uh, we ruled a push when I got down. You heard about this, right? McKenzie. 
The Wishnev bet? Well, you heard the it, it's resolved. We tied. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations on the push. So he cut. If Todd ever got thinner than I, and Todd weighed like 500 pounds when this started, maybe not quite that much, like 306. He got down to 194. I was 193. If he ever got lighter than me, he won, and he got nine thousand dollars. And I just, I just had him. If you ever read the short story to build a fire, I um, there hits a point. A dude is freezing to death in Alaska, and he tries things to get the fire started. And then finally, he says, "F it, I'm just going to sprint the ten miles to the to the camp." And he doesn't. He's spoiler alert. He doesn't make it. He freezes. Um, never set a fire underneath a pine tree loaded with ice. FYI, survivalists. But the bottom line is I, I, I basically did that. As I just said, Todd's one pound behind me. I'm not eating anymore, and I'm going to put eight miles on my phone. I'm going to walk or jog eight miles every day until I'm 180. And Todd laughed and said, yeah, that's not going to work. And then when I hit 187, he, he realized I was serious. We both concluded this wasn't going in our best interest for good health. And we ruled the bet a draw because it was obvious I was going to hit 180. I was at the point I could just lie in a boiler. AJ could take his, um, I think he's talking about taking, taking a razor blade and scraping my skin off. Like that would help. I don't care. I would have done it. Um, <laughs> Nail then, polish remover. Yeah. Whatever. And then Todd would have hit 180 and we would have pushed and then we would have wound up at the, at the ER. So now we have a new bet just that we've got to basically be at a healthy weight in May. Um, oh, I didn't hear about this. There's a new wager. Yeah, so I have to be at 190 for one day, May 11th. He has to be at 205. If we both make it, it's a push. If we both miss, it's a push. And uh, if one of us achieves it and one doesn't, then uh, they win. Just for 1500 should be fun. I think you're favored in that one. How hard can 190 be? I got down to 187 once. I've got precedent. I can. I do wouldn't it be again. shocked if Wishnev is 275 come May 11th. We'll see. Uh, I'm a little concerned that he consumed over 6,000 calories right. <laughs> the day after he ended this contest. I mean, I'm not going to say that I didn't go to Tuscany. Um, it, it's an Italian restaurant on Eastern. I had the fried lobster tail. Okay, all right. And I am back up to 199 today, but um, looking healthy, my man. I kind of went a little crazy. That's fine. Um, the it, it 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 is all good. I will say, um, as far as the theme for Week 11 here in the NFL is that um, all year long, we certainly have said we have we've got our big three in the NFL: Kansas City, Buffalo, and Philly, and now. We got to rethink things a little bit. Um, you know, maybe San Francisco might be the second best team within three weeks. Uh, I know they weren't that impressive against the Chargers, but when they get C Mac into the offense and our McKenzie is the 49ers expert, is it, you know, is it possible that San Francisco, Baltimore, and Kansas City could be the three best teams in the NFL? It's possible to me. I mean, our metrics really like the 49ers. For example, they won this game by six. We said they should have won the game by nine. Kevin Cole said they should have won the game by nine. So they played a really low variance game, but I think they win that game 80% against a good team like the Chargers. you got to be encouraged. I'm back. Kansas City Chargers, Sunday night football. Fez, I'm here now, so don't mess it up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this line's been seven. Curious line, right? Because before the season started, there was talk, who's better, Kansas City or the Chargers? And the first time they played, you could make the case that the Chargers outplayed them. Yes, there, this was the infamous good point, the 99-yard uh, uh, defensive touchdown 
that, that made the game 24-17 when it was 17-all, and the Chargers looked like they were about to take the lead. Well, not going to lie, there's been some setbacks for the Chargers. Injuries. <laughs> uh, they just played Sunday night football without two left tackles, without their starting wide receivers. Without two tackles, right? Or, or what, <laughs> yeah. Is it the left and the right were out, or was the first Ooh. and second string left tackle Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. They're out. But they, I, I think about it, because it was Slater who was the right tackle, if I'm not mistaken, has been out for a while, but I think mm-hmm. even his backup got hurt. And what they were afraid of was that, what's that dude's name that is the worst lineman in the league? But there was a guy that got <laughs> yes. killed last year. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, it completely compromised their offense in the second half to the point that the Niners, it was almost like a college game where they just said, you know what, if we don't screw this up, we're going to win. We're just going to run the ball because our defense is going to stop them. And they just kept kicking field goals over and over and over and won by six at the end of the game. Um so, so, I, so the cover. I mean, here's the thing. Every it was shocking in a way that the Chargers were seven point underdogs, which it went up to seven and a half. Yes, and eight, so eight's popped right at post. Uh-huh. So the idea of the, and this is what we do in the recap show. So this is a a good little tease for it. Is if you look at the projected scores or computed scores, maybe we'll call it. I don't know. I got to come up with a better word for it. Is the way we thought it should have went. By stats was 49ers by 10.5 points. Uh, Kevin Cole said by 9 points. And our pregame composite EPA deal said 9. And the Football Outsider said 7. So everyone says if you had minus 7, you should have at least pushed, if not 1, instead of fell 6. Yeah, and, and freeze it. with. There's a minute and a half left, and the Chargers still have their timeouts, and San Fran has the ball second and goal on the 2. All right? So... How often do they score a touchdown? I would say each play, they're going to probably score. They got two kicks at the can 45% there. 45% so each play. Each play, yeah, exactly. So the chance they don't score 0.55 times 0.55. So it's like a, a, a 30% chance they don't get in the end zone. Well, they didn't get in the end zone. And thus, Plinko, you know, they, they, they call that Plinko the random puck, has to fall into San Fran by 3, 6, or 10, landed it in, into the six hole, didn't cover. Yeah, and but in a way that's beautiful, and I'm not feeling. You know, I if you lost, I'm sorry, and I didn't have the charge, but it was it was a inflated line. It seems yes, very much so. And as is as is this line, which uh, let's segue into that. So tell us about the move so far. So it's been seven. There's been no movement. So it stayed seven. You know, I don't know if the Chargers are going to get back Keenan Allen because they could really use. Uh, you know, obviously Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both very good wide receivers, but without any of them. And when I was listening to the broadcast, the announcers, I was listening to the home broadcasters, and they're like, wow, we don't have any dra- – none of our wide receivers were drafted in the top five rounds. We got a, sec- a second-round tight end out of Georgia, and he likes to block. You know, like they're just bemoaning the fact they had no playmakers anymore. I think if they got Keenan Allen back – at that point, you'd have to look at, at the Chargers plus seven. Like you said, these two teams, the Chargers outplayed Kansas City the first time they played, lost the game. But they, and, they had their skill position players. Yes. Right? Now, um, Keenan Allen, as I'm looking at the ticker here, uh, set to practice, quote-unquote, this week. I'm a believer of the following. One playmaker or zero playmakers are almost the same. Ah, uh, because you can shut one guy down. Yeah. So mm. the theory is, if you're dub- you're going to be doubling someone anyway. If you're doubling the best guy who's not really a mm. playmaker, okay. Now you get a playmaker who's not going to be a hundred percent in theory. You shut them down. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, sometimes you can zero blitz and go, you know, single coverage everywhere. But in general, 
it does feel like that, that you need that second playmaker. Because think of all the bad teams that have one really good playmaker. Yeah, and he gets he gets shut down. How do you explain Cooper Cup? He seems to be the the exception to that rule, which I generally agree with. And well, he's I, their entire offense, and obviously he keeps producing. And again, to me, regurgitation of of good points when it comes to X's and O's is what I specialize in because I'm not a coach, and mm-hmm. I, I think it, sometimes having half the information is or knowledge is the most dangerous, right? So what I would say is what I hear a lot is that McVeigh is very creative with where Cooper Cup lines up, in and he slot. goes to slot a lot yeah, in, yeah. in motion. So the, although he's going to go to the bench this week because he's he's high in, ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but 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 in general, it's they make it difficult to have a very clear way to stop him. Mm. And thus, you know, again, it could be just how great he is. Though I would make the case, it's hard to think that he made such a quantum leap that late in his career. It feels like it's it's Stafford and him having you know. At least historically, but even this year, having a real rapport that that last year resulted in one of the best ever years for a receiver. Yeah, and they've isolated. They they show him and Stafford, and they're so in sync where he's covered completely, and he's got flexibility in the routes that he's going to run. And you can just see the defender just can't stay with them. That it's not that he's faster, but that he make he makes a juke move, and he's just very unpredictable. Precision, and, precision. Yes. All right, the early line on this, and I'm talking summer line was charges by one and a half. The look ahead was five and a half. Now, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. So Kansas City, if you think about their performance, it was good. They covered. Solid. You could make the case. So Jags missed two extra points. I'm not saying the Jags should have won, but maybe it could have easily been Jags covering, wouldn't you say? Did the Jags miss? Oh, I'm sorry, not two extra points, two field goals. Yeah. One, like a 49 and a 41. You're supposed to make at least one, you're going to make one and a half of those in theory. Yes. So let's just say, let's just say that it was a, a push. Well, let's look at the. We'll do one more look. So the line was nine and a half. They it looks like they 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 won by ten and cover. They probably should have won by seven. Yeah, you're saying, maybe. but they did win the but stats. But actually, looking at the stats, looked, the stats were good. Actually, this is maybe the biggest I've seen all year. We've got they should have won just by the stats by 18 points. Huh? Did you? Did, I know we tweaked our numbers, Mackenzie, for that. Did you go back and look at any of the other games in prior weeks to see if it was as high as eighteen? No, I, no, I haven't. Can you yet. stack rank that? Uh, yes, I can. I could go yeah, back. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, we'll tease ahead. We will tell you in the recap pod if that was the most extreme stats result of the year. But my point being, let's say you upgrade Kansas City by a half. I that's think what that's I did. Fair, okay, and. The idea then that the the line was five and a half, you can't really downgrade the Chargers from that game, can you? They almost they had a chance to win they despite covered. everything going wrong. Yeah. So why why is this line seven? If it was five and a half, I I think it's the the recency impact of watching a Sunday night football game where the Chargers couldn't move the ball at all. So you're in the saying, second half, the second saying, half, the offense was completely inept. So you so what you're saying is that this is a misperception. This is a mispricing. I, I think so, and I think the seven is. I think that the 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 betters are going to take seven with Keenan Allen and the Chargers at home. I think the, it's more likely to go to six and a half than seven and a half. And finally, Arizona San Fran. This is in Mexico City. Summer line plus two and a half for Arizona. The look ahead five and a half, five and a half. Now during the week of the look ahead, it went to six and a half, and this is San Fran favored. Now over seven, seven, but with some extra juice on average. Fez, what do you think is happening here? Well, it actually was eight at the opener, 
Okay, now we don't see that, but but again, we got our books that we look at. So you're saying yeah. at the place you saw, it opened eight, even though its look ahead was five and a half. So the theory is. Colt Mc- is is Colt McCoy expected to play? What what, what is the I, expectation? I, I don't know about the hamstring and Murray and what his status is going to be. Now, one thing we know for sure is Murray tends to be affected by injury. He's he's uh, delicate. This is a great point. So even if he plays, you know, how many times last year did Colt McCoy replace um, Murray and play better? Three, well, yeah, three. There was a three game streak. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, certainly a capable backup. Um, you know, so this but, is a- I, mean, I heard a lot of people say they'd rather have Colt. Like literally, that some of this feels not political, but some of this feels cultural. Where there's a thing about Murray that turns a lot of people off. Mm. Uh, and yeah, you, if you're the type of like work hard and you know uh, bootstrap and climb by your own, you know climb up by your bootstraps, I think Murray rubs them the wrong way. I heard, and I don't love a lot of his antics or whatever. Any you know also, but. Do you think Colt McCoy to Murray, or I guess vice versa, Murray to Colt McCoy? What kind of drop do you see? Because the market doesn't say. I mean, the market seems to say maybe, I don't know, two points is what I would guess. What's your? Uh, you yeah. got your quarterback. Let uh, me well, let me find it because yeah. I, I thought I brought it with me. That's all right. Well, I what, don't see it. What's your instincts? Colt McCoy is a very good backup quarterback. He's a minus two, mm-hmm. and Murray is a slightly below average starting so minus quarterback, like from- minus a, a half. So Murray, point and a half difference. Okay, so Murray, who got a monster contract, you're saying from your perspective, way overpaid. Yeah. Yeah. And but McCoy's a good backup, but boy, that is, I mean, like an extreme case of like a jot. Now again, uh, Case Keenum's a good backup at Buffalo, but if you take an average backup to an elite quarterback, you're usually talking seven and a half points or so. Exactly right. So you're talking about a minus three for your backup quarterback. That's very good for backup. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mahomes or Josh Allen's like a plus four and a half, so a seven and a half difference. Uh, so sometimes you'll see, a, like once Aaron Rodgers in his prime, um, moved about nine and a half, ten points. So the backup, right, because he was a plus five and his backup was like a minus, like the, the, the kid from... Wisconsin, that was Sorgi, was terrible, and he was like a minus, minus five. four. Yeah, yeah minus yeah. five. So um, when he says minus five or plus five, is this from an average starting quarterback, right? Yes. Okay. The sixteenth best quarterback in the in the land. Uh, so back to this game. This feels like well, I guess other than the fact of maybe Colt McCoy playing or uh, a hindered. Quarter, you know, hinder starting quarterback whose mobility really matters, right? Like in a weird way, if your yes. legs are hurt, it affects someone like Kyler Murray more. Exactly, and the, you you question, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna downgrade him two points because he's not gonna be able to run or not want to run, well, now I may as well just play Colt McCoy, right? So, but to me, I don't see any other reason that this line would go up from five and a half to over seven and open at eight and still be over seven. Because San Fran didn't cover, though in theory you could. I don't think you would downgrade him from that game. No. But did you upgrade by a half or? One second here. Yeah, plus a half, San Fran, okay. even though they didn't cover. Phony final. Yeah. So, but you got to upgrade Arizona. Yeah, plus a half. That's it. They win straight up and win easily against um, the Rams. It's because it was just such an. 
boy, it was it, it was such an ugly game. Cooper Cup got injured. Uh, so let's uh, say the, the, the yeah, they, they was equal. The stats were equal. Let's say marginal difference then is nothing because both teams upgraded a half. Why does it go from five and a half to over seven? Could only be quarterback questions. It yeah, seems to me it, that that really is it. Yes. Uh, any other thoughts on this game? Uh, bet on versus bet on. I think the Niners are a team that's coming. The Niners are a team that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Now, Arizona is a team that we are questioning, is this going to become a dead team? Remember, they won 11 games last year. They're sitting at 3-6. and six. I really like the fact, a lot of passion, a lot of fire. Obviously, they're doing the hard knocks second half of the season. And like Buda Baker, their, 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 their safety, comes out and says, like, I'm tired of losing. we got to step it up. And that's what I want to see. I want to see that passion, even if, even if it's in front of the cameras and who knows how, if, if it's, inflated or overstated, it's still there that they're bringing the passion. But in a weird way, if you think about, we talk about on Monday night, teams play hard regardless, right? They talk Mm. about Sunday night, whatever. If you got cameras following you around every waking second, it seems like that by definition, you're not going to quit because if you quit, you're quitting in front of the world. Right. Yeah. So if anything, so it's a distraction, but it's a motivator. Yeah, and I would think it's a net positive with a team that maybe had the profile of a team that would quit. Now you nailed it. I think it's a positive for a loser team, and I think it's a big negative for a team that's high on the hog doing really well, that they're like they're getting distracted by the press clippings, and now they're just posing for the cameras. That's a good point. Uh, my last thought on this game would be I think Hopkins really helped Arizona in a way that was obscured in a couple of those games. If you really look at the underlying stats, Arizona's been much better since Hopkins got returned, and I think it didn't seem like that because of the wins and losses, and thus Arizona still might be a little underrated. Makes everybody better in like the... But A.J. Green, I didn't know if he was even still in the league, caught a touchdown pass with Hopkins out there. Yes. All right. Well, did you, do you want to repeat any other of your line move predictions? Let me see what we got. Yes. Um, Bears. I think money's going to come in on the Bears. They're currently catching three. Number one offense in the last four weeks. Number one. And Fields obviously makes some mistakes, but um, takes three dudes to tackle him. There weren't so. many with, with optimism about the Bears. Not many early in the year. No. And now there's <laughs> plenty of optimism about their quarterback back in their offense defense not so much um uh Steelers I think the Steelers are catching five the market hasn't moved on this yet I think th- that that's going to be an attractive home underdog against the Bengals mm. your thoughts on on your Steelers well I it was my it was a bad week in the super contest but my one nice winner was Pittsburgh in that game and uh, I thought it was a perfect storm and and the money came in heavy uh, for for Pittsburgh against the Saints, mm. they flipped favorites in that game, right? I mean, what did you see the close at? Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh was minus one at the close, and that was that was really a a one, wise guy play all the way around. I'm seeing one and a half on here, one yeah. all the way, one and a half. Fantastic, so, yeah. Um, oh wait a minute, that's interesting. Pittsburgh, I think I saw Prevence was ones. Yeah, no, no, huh, huh. Okay, I'll look at that. Could have happened right. I got something. Though. Yeah, I, I think our sheets off. All right. Um, one more? One more game or one more? Oh, go ahead. Yes, please. Indianapolis Colts. Now, this is off the board because the mm-hmm. Eagles just played Monday Night Football, but this is like the perfect storm that I think money's going to keep coming in on the Colts. So the Colts line was nine. Everyone took the Colts today. I, I, I'll, I'll say it. I gave it out to my clients. I gave out the Colts plus nine. So, so 
Now that you say that, what's, give us the rationally, give us your rationale. My rationale is that the perception of the Colts was a team completely in shambles mm-hmm. with an unqualified head coach mm-hmm. and a rookie quarterback in Ellinger, totally unproven, that um, was unimpressive, mm-hmm. and a team that was you know disgusted by pretty much everything that had transpired. So, so those emotions were strong enough that the thought was it would trump the new coach or the interim coach bounce that tends to happen to the positive for the team that replaces a coach. Because the theory is you only replace a coach when things are really in the shitter, and thus there's a sense of optimism. Right, but the thought was this would trump that the, la- the the outrage of an unqualified coach. This was cronyism. Was the was the claims the what? But but actually, the line did move significantly to the Colts. Yes. last week. Yes, and it moved. This is interesting. So it, Ellinger was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. And it moved before the Raiders were laying six. I think we save this. This is oh, another yeah. tease we can This is do. another tease. We're so. going to do – listen, you can't miss the recap show. Let's make it that simple. So you actually think then more Colts money comes in. I will – I will. Pre- yes, I will predict that this line closes six and a half now. Whoa. Six and a half. Veto on the house. All right, guys. Jonathan thank- Taylor – Exceeded 20 miles an hour running. That's very difficult to do. He was running 20.6. He looks to be back at 100. Which makes you wonder how. And I'm not saying he was lollygagging, but you got to wonder: Could you be running that fast and just a week before you weren't able to play? Mm, maybe it was certainly. A, seems, maybe it was like a Frank Reich strike. Mm, that's kind of catchy. Frank, Frank Reich, Reich strike. Strike. You say people will say, "Is RJ a professional broadcaster?" Let me just say this: Frank Reich strike. Yeah, yeah. Could a non-pro say that? Join us for the recap show. And if you have already, you know how wise what we're saying is. Talk to you there.